Hello, nerds. The Mandalorian video game is apparently real, but the question is, is it enough? That plus Helldivers 2 really is going to be getting that long-awaited update. It's just going to be a little bit later than anticipated, and of course, it's all your fault. And also, we're going to have a bit of a serious discussion about superhero fatigue. What is it? Can we monetize it? Welcome, nerds, to the news. Going to be a little bit different this week. We're jumping right into the music section. No preamble, really, beyond just welcome to season five and... Yeah, so music section is as follows. This week in music is Jethro Tull Metal Now. Opeth is kind of making that possible. Plus Primus and Coheed and Cambria have announced a tour together. And in the new music section, we have a bunch of new music, not the least of which being from everyone's favorite teenage metalhead. We will get to all of that. Actually, we're going to jump right into the new music new music and videos this week we actually have a little bit of making up to do so this is also the follow-ups and corrections that we didn't from things last week i don't know what the hell happened to last week's episode why the audio got so screwed up in the beginning 20 minutes or so so many apologies but this is the bit of new music that you missed we're going to start at the top we're just going to go real quick with these First, Alien Ant Farm released the song So Cold. New album is called Mantras. The record will be released April 26th. I really miss crazy, fun Alien Ant Farm stuff. This is good, but just kind of doesn't really stand out anymore. Eh, kind of be cautious when going into this one. Uh, next one was a new track from Comeback Kid called Disruption. The new EP is titled Trouble, will be out March 15th. These guys are still solid, solid, hardcore, always a good listen, even with the new quote-unquote vocalist, because I'm still the guy on the first two records was the guy I listened to first. Still good stuff though, absolutely worth a listen if you're into the hardcore. Nothing really bringing new f listeners into the genre though, so kind of take with that what you will. And then our other one that we missed from last week, even though it was recorded, <laughs> Kitty has released their first new material in 13 years. They have signed a new contract of some sort with Sumerian Records. The name of the new song is Eyes Wide Open. I did not actually see the name of the new record, though they are working on a proper new record. If this song is any indication of what we can expect on the new record, then it's kind of eh. Uh, so the thing about Kitty and that's this has kind of been going this direction for me for some time their first record the record that everybody knows one with brackish and spit etc etc that record like they were not exceptional musicians but there was something about them that kind of set them apart and now that they are really good musicians, I feel like they kind of fall more to the middle of the pack. That's not to say that it's bad music at all. It's just to say that it's not exactly unique 
anymore. And they kind of, I don't know, Oracle was <laughs> the beginning of the end. That was the record after that first record. Can't remember the name of the first record. It might just be self-titled, I don't remember. But either way, Oracle, I feel like, was the beginning of the end because that's when they started going, hey, we're going to make money at this music thing. Maybe we should learn our instruments a little bit better. And then it just kind of became noise. I don't know how to say that in a nice way. Kitty is talented, just not exceptional, I guess is the best way to go with that. So there you go. From that, let's get into this week's new music, the stuff that, you know, is brand new this week. We're going to start things off there with High on Fire, releasing their new releasing their new song, Burning Down. It's from their new record called Cometh the Storm. It is out April 19th on NRK Heavy, uh, produced by Kurt Ballou of Converge fame, so it's going to be greatly mixed. And uh, what if this song is any indication of the rest of the record, of course it's going to sound amazing. It's freaking high on fire. And it's Kurt Ballou, so all of those things are great. I love Matt Pike's guitar tone. I am jealous as all hell. This is a fantastic song. Please go listen to it. Also, the video is kind of, if you are not a fan of AI, is absolutely your worst nightmare in so many ways. Into our next piece of new music comes from Harper, everybody's favorite 13-year-old metalhead. I, I think she's 13 these days. Released a new song, I Hope You Choke. I think this is an original. The title sounds like something I've heard before, but I think that's kind of by design. Solid, solid, just exactly what we would expect out of Harper these days. The production is always really good with her. Videos kind of, it's a performance video with a bunch of teenagers, so obviously it's not my bag, <laughs> but the, the production on it is great. It's really awesome to see someone of her generation carrying the torch already and she's just a teenager so yes definitely go check out the new harper track i hope you choke there is a new band or a new to me band anyway that the youtube algorithm decided that i would want to hear and uh, we're going to talk about that real quick that is the holy ghost tabernacle tabernacle choir wow i can say these words i promise the holy ghost tabernacle choir tabernacle choir let's try that again the holy ghost tabernacle choir brightly lit for bad decisions is the name of the song ah very interesting this is a little bit of avant-garde in your kind of sort of math core uh, just thrashy very technical metal i don't know where the i'm, I'm not good with the subgenres. i think subgenres by and large are a bit silly and tedious but yeah these dudes kind of have something unique here i'd be very interested to see where this sound evolves and if you are interested to hear exactly what it is i'm talking about go check out the link in the description all of the new music this week linked down in the description for sure but then we have our final piece of new music and actually this one came out two weeks ago and i meant to talk about it last week but it didn't make it into the notes for whatever reason so it's making it into the notes this week and that is crosses name of this new song is big youth this song features LP, who most people these days are going to know him from Run the, Run the Jewels. He did have a solo career back in the day. Honestly, I'm pretty sure it was MF Doom who gave him his first break, or might have been vice versa. Uh, either way,
way, relation to MF Doom, LP is pretty damn awesome. The more I hear of Crosses, the more I really love this band, and I really don't understand why I didn't give them a chance when they first came out. Crosses, for those that don't know, is the side project of Chino Moreno from the Deftones, and it's real nice. And then let's talk real quick about tours and festivals. That is our next subsection in the music portion of today's episode. There is one piece of tour festival news, I guess we should say, that was supposed to go in last week's episode and was a victim of the audio issues. That is the Incarceration 2024. There is a huge, huge, amazing list for this festival. It is three days. I did not write down the dates this time because... You can follow the link and find all of the bands that are playing. Mushroom Head is among them, so that's pretty freaking cool because, you know, personal link to the Mushroom Heads. But uh, yeah, check, follow the link down in the description. You'll, you'll see the entire lineup. You'll also find links to get tickets if you are able to attend. That is on you, though. Let's move to new tours announced since last week. We have Avatar has announced the tour dates from May 18th through the 19th, so or May 8th, rather, through the 19th. Woo! Uh, supporting acts are going to be the Oxymorons and Conquer and Divide. A link for tickets is down in the description. Uh, I don't know either of those two openers, so I can't imagine these are going to be very big venues. Uh, honestly, did not look at the venues on the list, just looked at the dates, so sorry. From there, we have another High Lung tour has been announced, which is pretty freaking awesome. If you have not seen High Lung live, you've only listened listened to them or you have no idea who the hell I'm talking about, you go listen to them because you want to know what you're getting into because it's not anything you've ever experienced before, but it is absolutely something you owe it to yourself to experience at least once in your life. Uh, so yes, Heilung has announced new tour dates April 13th through the 23rd, so another short thing going on. Yeah, supporting acts this time. When I saw them, they were the only band on the bill. Uh, so they played for an hour and a half, which is honestly, once you see what they do, that's kind of a feat. <laughs> but opening act is going to be a group, some sort of musical collective called Elvor, E-L-V-O-R. I've never heard of them, but you can find link to tickets down in the description. The next one on the list is In This Moment and Motionless and White have announced a tour together. It is called the God Mode Tour. Dates are April 30th, running through May 5th. A supporting acts are going to be Kim Dracula and Mike's Dead. This is actually a pretty interesting bill. Not big on Motionless in White. In this moment, I kind of flip-flop on from time to time, but Kim Dracula as an opener, very intrigued who the hell this Mike's Dead person is, or group, or band, or whatever. So yeah, uh, links again if you want tickets down in the description. Periphery has announced tour dates running May 8th through the 18th. Another shorty, short-ish one. This, I think this one is adding to their to their existing tour supporting acts. Adola, don't know them. Jake Bowen, don't know them. Periphery, tickets in, linked in the description. And then uh, the big one. This is the one that kind of had me going, huh? That is, Primus and Coheed and Cambria have announced that they're going to be touring together. It runs from September 12th through August 17th. There are going to be three separate legs of approximately six to eight dates per leg, and each leg has a different opener for that leg of the tour. So the first set of dates is Gorilla Toss, the second set of dates is Too Many Zoos, and the third set of dates is none other than the My 
mighty Fishbone will be opening this show. Again, it depends on which leg you catch and also links, if you are interested, are down in the description. There are not as many dates on this one as there normally are on a Primus tour, which is gonna make some people I know very upset. <laughs> so get them if you can, if you have the ability to catch them, then this is going to be a very different kind of show, I think. Uh, and then we have actually some regular ass news this week in the music section. I teased it at the beginning. We're talking about Jethro Tull finally becoming metal uh, through Opeth. And that's a weird statement, so I have to unpack that. So uh, first things first, the reason I say finally becoming metal is because for those that don't know, for those that are maybe too young to know this, the first time a metal performance Grammy was given for some reason, Jethro Tull was nominated. Uh, Jethro Tull is not a metal band. <laughs> not even a little bit. Metallica was also nominated that year and they got snubbed for Jethro Tull, which was kind of our official like confirmation that mainstream music, US mainstream music media does not understand the genre of metal, which is fine. We are appreciated in Europe, uh, but so Jethro Tull kind of confusingly accepted the award. You can find videos of it on the YouTubes. And then it's been kind of a punchline ever since then in the, in the heavy music community. Now it would seem that Ian Anderson from Jethro Tull, who is the flautist, that's right, Jethro Tull has a Flautist. He is going to be featuring on a quote unquote three or four songs on the next Opeth record, which Opeth very much a metal band. So very interesting kind of full circle moment in a strange way. But yeah, so Ian Anderson is going to be guesting on the next Opeth record. The final details for the Opeth record have not been made known, so once they are, we will talk about them, but that's all we got for regular-ass news, which leaves us only our suggestion for the week. Musical suggestion this week is a band that I recently found called Necropanther. They just put out a record at the towards the end of last year, roughly October, called Betrayal. Go listen to the whole damn record. This is quality, fun, thrash, deathy, short song. So it's kind of punk rock all at the same time. Just a whole lot of really raw, really kicking tunes that I honestly have put on at work a number of times and it has made for a very productive day at the day job. So go check out Necropanther Betrayal. This record is better than I think it deserves to be. That leads us into the gaming and tech portion of the show. Finally, Elden DLC updates. Her <laughs> nope. Finally, Elden Ring DLC updates. And finally, Killer Clowns updates. And almost mechs in Hellblazers 2. We're gonna talk about all that in a little bit more. So Gaming and tech this week. Starting things off, we're gonna kick things off with the Elden Ring bit. Uh, Follow-ups and corrections, Shadow of the Erd Tree, 
dropping a trailer today, actually, as you're watching this, but as being as I filmed these the night before, I don't have a trailer in front of me to talk about. So there will be a trailer. Follow the socials if you want a, a, a more immediate reaction to said trailer. Otherwise, we'll talk about it next week. From there, let's get into actual trailers that we got this week, plus a bit of an update on the Killer Clowns game that kind of has fallen off the map since last year. Uh, so Killer Clowns pre-orders have been opened. They will start again today as you're watching this, February 21st. The game is set to release on June 4th. Like I said, link down in the description. If you want to watch the trailer, you should go check out the trailer. If you are a fan of the asymmetrical asymmetrical horror survival games this looks like it's going to be an incredible amount of fun and i'm kind of really excited to possibly find the time to play maybe <laughs> uh, but yeah it's terravision games is uh, going to be the producer again release on june 4th so get your pre-orders in now it will be on all of the major current generation platforms being playstation 5 xbox series consoles as well as steam for the pc uh, and and then we got a trailer for a game that I honestly had never heard of before this, but again, thank you to the YouTube algorithm for suggesting the thing because Hellbreach Vegas is a new game that is inspired by Left 4 Dead and Call of Duty Zombies. Interesting, no. It is going to be open for a free beta test starting once again today as you're watching this, February 21st. You can go check out the, pre, the, the free beta test. The actual game launches on March 11th. This, I mean, it's it's inspired by Left 4 Dead as well as Call of Duty Zombies, but there's a lot more to this gameplay, I think. Go check out the trailer because it is rather interesting, the, the kind of spin, the uniqueness that they have put on this, and I'm intrigued, I'm not going to lie. That's what we got for the trailers, though. Let's talk about some regular-ass news in gaming and tech. Our first bit has to do with, that's right, we're talking about that Helldivers piece that we've been teasing for a second now. Helldivers 2 is, in fact, getting mech suits. And, actually, the mech suits are basically done according to one of the publishers it just there's there's a big there's a big caveat to that first it's actually kind of two caveats one of them not so big the first one is got a little bit of polish left to do it's not it's not anything the polish is not the reason why we don't have them yet because the polish could be done if not for the server issues yes that's right children they're blaming the fan base kind of in a roundabout way and it's not in a nefarious way either because it's more of a, this is a great problem to have kind of situation because the server issue, because they were not expecting to be as popular as they are, they've had many, many, many server issues with people not being able to connect to servers to play the game, etc., etc., etc. So that is taking priority over any new DLC content, which rightfully so, because what good is DLC if we can't play it. So once they get the server situation taken care of, they will be launching the mech suits. So it will be happening soon-ish, even though the original trailer said that the mechs would be soon after launch. 
they're gonna kind of have to take a little bit of a uh, little bit of creative license with that soon that they were using because they were not expecting this which again good problem to have so not really a jab at the production company just yeah not 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 happening as soon as we would like there is a trailer again linked in the description of uh, for i believe it highlights the mech suits I honestly watched so many trailers of the course of the last like two or three days. I can't remember exactly this one, uh, but the big piece here is mech suits are coming, just not yet. Next up, we have Nintendo Direct has officially been announced for, once again, say it with me, children, February 21st. So tomorrow as I'm filming this. So we will try and get some active re reaction stuff to what is being announced in the Nintendo Direct, but the intimate details we will probably be discussing in next week's episode it is expected to be a relatively short-ish nintendo direct at 25 minutes approximately it's also going to show us what the focus is going to be for nintendo up through about june as far as the nintendo switch goes and then presumably around about then we'll get another nintendo direct that will explain to us the rest of the year maybe who knows? <laughs> That's what we got for that one, though. Let's move over next to Avatar, The Last Airbender. Not only do are they getting the Netflix show or the Netflix show is happening or whatever, but also there's a new fighting game. It's a 2v2 fighting game set in the Avatar, The Last Airbender universe. Uh, the interesting part about this is the uh, developer is Maximum Entertainment, who have done two ga fighting games of note. They're very unique. First one is Diesel Legacy, The Brazen Age, and the other one is Them's Fightin' Herds. Yeah, your sheep, <laughs> your fighting sheep. Just the art style and like the 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 tone is kind of the big thing about both of those games that has fans intrigued. I wouldn't say there's a lot of upset fans about this, but there's definitely a lot of trepidation about this because Avatar is fairly heavy material from time to time and them's fighting herds in and of itself <laughs> just the title alone tells you that that thing does not take itself seriously at all so yeah very intrigued much like the community we will have to see what happens from there that's what we got for regular ass news though in gaming and tech we brings us only to suggestions the suggestion this week for gaming and tech is a tech suggestion. And honestly, this one's a little bit of a cheat, not gonna lie, but it is a free streaming platform. For any that don't know, Freevee is really starting to knock it out of the park. Uh, Freevee is the free streaming service from Amazon. I don't believe you actually need the Amazon account for Freevee to work. You can get it and download it and watch things anonymously. Uh, think it's, they just, they're the, the, the reason, let me, let me lay this out. The reason why I'm doing this is because they put Baby Driver on their streaming platform not that long ago. And Edgar Wright is a national treasure. I don't care if he's from England. That movie in and of itself is enough of a reason for me to put this streaming service as our tech suggestion this week. So go check out Freevee. Download it if you haven't already. Not a sponsored deal. Just really like the service. Then that brings us over to comic books and books. <laughs> Ha 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 ha! 
Deadpool makes Marvel's world go round in the comic book section this week. Also, Comic-Con The Cruise? And a lot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So let's do that, shall we? Uh, first up, we got no follow-ups or corrections really to talk about, except in a weird way, our first two pieces of news are kind of follow-ups. Not really corrections, but definitely kind of follow-ups because they're both Deadpool related. First one being Deadpool and Wolverine World War III has been announced with the return of writer Joe Kelly. Back a couple years ago at a convention, I got the honor of interviewing Mr. Joe Kelly here on the channel. So you can go check out that video. I'll do a card or whatever. Link probably down in the description, actually. So yeah, Joe Kelly is going to be writing it. Art is going to be from Adam Kubert. The, the little synopsis blurb that Marvel has released goes as follows. The most intensely mismatched team up in comics and pop culture. The best there is. And the Merc with the Mouth undergoes a radical change in an all new three part globe spanning saga for the ages in Deadpool and Wolverine World War Three number one will be on stands May 1st. Honestly, Joe Kelly Deadpool is never bad. It's not always great, but it's at least good. And Joe Kelly and Deadpool is rarely just good. Honestly, I think a majority of the suggestions in this section that we've done on this channel uh, if they include Deadpool at all, are probably Joe Kelly writing Deadpool. Joe Kelly is just like, yes, I know Rob Liefeld created Deadpool, but Joe Kelly perfected. It's kind of like a Beatles and The Who situation. Whereas The Beatles kind of revolutionized rock and roll music, The Who perfected rock and roll music. And this is that situation. Rob Liefeld being The Beatles and then Joe Kelly being The Who, obviously the superior band in the equation. Anyway, from there, let's talk of the other piece of Deadpool news. They're reviving the solo Deadpool series. The writer on this one's going to be Cody Ziegler, who's a name I recognize, but I honestly couldn't put my finger on exactly why. So somebody please enlighten me in the comment section. And then the art is going to be Roge, Roger, maybe Antonio. And the synopsis for this one from Marvel goes as follows. As he confronts a brand new archenemy named Death Grip, who may very well live up to his name, Wade will also reunite with his daughter, Ellie. It's the father-daughter duo the Marvel Universe isn't ready for, and if Death Grip has his way, it'll only lead to heartbreak. This one is going to be on bookshelves April 3rd. So it's going to be, I believe they're both bi-weekly or once a month. I couldn't, I, I honestly didn't see, I don't remember seeing the specifics and I didn't write it in the notes because amazing notes, right? So yeah, on Deadpool, never bad. Well, I take that back, rarely bad can be bad, has been bad, but usually a safe bet when it comes to modern comics. Uh, then our next book that has been announced is the revival of another franchise in the Marvel universe, if you will, and that is the Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch is going to be returning to a solo book. Uh, they're reviving the solo book with writer Steve Orlando and artist, I'm not going to say this guy's name correctly and I apologize, artist is Jacopo Campagni. Think is how that is supposed to be pronounced. Again, I apologize for my American tongue. On sale on shelves June 12th. 
this is going to be continuing the story that uh, started with Darkhold, ran through Scarlet Witch and the and Quicksilver, and then this is not really a conclusion, just again a continuation of all of the events that happened in those story arcs. So yeah, gonna see some really powerful Wanda Maximoff, and that's all I honestly really know about what's been going on with Scarlet Witch. So again, I can't read all of these uh, comic lines. I, I I only got so much time in the day. So yeah, we will be definitely be reading the cliff notes as they come through. Uh, that's what we got there. Let's move next over to some regular, this is regular as news. <laughs> We're talking next about Comic-Con, the cruise. Have you ever been out on a cruise and thought, man, I could really use some really stinky dudes in the cabin next to me, and then probably in the cabin next to them, and then out everywhere on this ship. No, I, I, I know, it's a, it's a gross, <laughs> it's a bad stereotype of the community. We don't all smell funny, though right now I am a little ripe, I'm not gonna lie. So yeah, the, the Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con specifically, because they're the only ones who can call themselves Comic-Con because, uh, semantics. But they're starting a cruise. It will be, it will sail from Tampa, Florida, go through Cosmel and then back again. It will be on Royal Caribbean's Serenade of the Seas. And there's going to be like, it's going to be like a Comic-Con at sea. Tickets start at $990 per person. There is a link down in the description so you can get a little bit more ticketing information if you are interested. That is a lot of money. I did not honestly see the dates. I do know it is going to be summer of 2025, though the exact dates you will have to follow the link in the description to get that information. But some of the special guests are going to include Warwick Davis, George Takei, Ernie Hudson, etc., etc. Sounds pretty legit, honestly, if you can once again picture yourself on a boat for probably about a week or so with a whole bunch of the nerdy types. I'm cool with it. Maybe not the boat part, but like if, if Comic-Con, I mean, Comic-Con does in the right settings last four to five days. So, and I'm usually there when I go all of the days that it's going, you're just not confined to the hotel with all of the guests and the patrons going through. So I don't know, it's an interesting dichotomy. Anyway, uh, next up on the list is all of the Teenage Mutant, Mutant Ninja Turtles happenings that are about to be going down. First up on that list is we're getting a new book from IDW. This one's going to be written by Jason Aaron. It is going to focus, not really exclusively, but the primary villain is going to be a brand new villain that I did not see in the interview, he did an interview with comicbook.com, did not see in the interview where he said the new villain's name, so he was kind of playing coy a lot. But there is going to be a new villain that is going to be at the center of everything that's going on. The book will focus only on the four main turtles. Janica is going to be dealt with somehow. I don't know if they're, I don't think they're going to be killing her off. I would imagine there's going to be some sort of reversal of her mutation, and then she's going to slowly fade out. 
which is, I mean, it's kind of a mixed bag now that she's been around for so long, how she's being received in the community. By and large, it's lukewarm, but that's better than cold, right? So very interesting. The relaunch will be part of this new expansion from IDW to expand into the turtle verse, effectively. The book will be on sale in July. I did not find a specific date, but once it gets closer, I'm sure we'll have a follow-up to fill in those gaps. You can follow the link down in the description if you want to read the, the, the interview with writer Jason. Oh, I just lost my place. Yeah, Jason Aaron. There we go. Yeah, if you want to read the interview, you can follow the link down in the description. But yeah, that's the, the, the long and the short of it is we're getting a new continuation of the current storyline for the comic book version of the Ninja Turtles. It's a lot of qualifiers there. Speaking of a lot of qualifiers, our next piece of Ninja Turtles news has to do with the Saturday Morning Adventures books, which, to refresh your memory real quick, the Saturday Morning Adventures comic books are uh, written and animated, animated, written and drawn like the animation from the original 80s cartoon, the one that kind of popularized the turtles. I know it's not the original iteration, but it's the one that most people are the most familiar with. So they continued that storyline, if you will. They continued that universe in the comic books, and it's the TMNT Saturday Morning Adventures. There is apparently, and I have not been reading the Saturday Morning Adventures, though I really, really want to, there's apparently a villain in this universe called Mr. Og, who is going to create some shenanigans come book number 12 for the TMNT. I will be out on April 24th. Uh, Pre-orders go out March 18th is when you can start pre-ordering, and it's going to be a crossover event that is almost inevitable when you're working with a multiverse of any kind anymore. But yeah, crossover event that looks pretty freaking epic, not gonna lie, that is... There was the the movie version of one of the more recent animated turtles where you had like a bunch of the different timelines. Like the original black and white turtles came in and they were super gritty and grim and killing folks and stuff. And then you had like the original 80s cartoon turtles and then you had the current iteration of the turtles that was happening at the time. And then there was the 3D turtles. And then, yeah, all of these timelines converged for a movie at one point. Well, this is kind of the comic book version of that. It's going to be a different storyline, obviously, but it's going to be effectively that in that we're going to see the black and white. I mean, if you look at the promo art, that's like the first thing you see is you see one black and white turtle. You see one of the rise of the TMNT turtles. I think it's Raph. You see the 80s cartoon turtles. You see the an, an animated looking version of the 3D cartoon turtles. Yeah, just a really interesting, I really dig, I really dig multiverse stuff because different versions of characters are fun. So I'm excited for it, I don't know about you. Continuing on though, that kills our regular ass news section, which leaves only suggestions for comic books and books. Book suggestion starting off season five is none other than the Immortal Fight Club, the 96 book by Chuck Palahniuk that kind of put him on the map and then was later turned into a movie by David Fincher because Fincher is God and Palahniuk is kind of the god of minimalist fiction. So it's a merger of two great minds and the book is great, the movie is great on its own merits. The two are equal 
equally great for different reasons. Honestly, if you've seen the movie, you should read the book. If you just like fantastic fiction, then the book is going to be a very quick read, but a very good read nonetheless. It kind of makes you question a lot of things about yourself and, and your motivations in life and stuff. So yeah, very philosophical if you really get under the violent skin. <laughs> Either way, fantastic stuff. Go check out Fight Club by Chuck Palahniuk. Which brings us to the TV section this week. All the shows are ending. Or just kind of continuing, really. And we have all of the trailers to prove it. So that's really all we got to talk about this week in the TV section. Honestly, was kind of surprised that there wasn't a bit more going on. But everything, like I said, is just finished, is about to finish, or we're starting up a new season, or the second half of a season. And that's all that really is right now. So let's start things off with follow-ups. We don't have any corrections, we do have a couple of follow-ups for series that we've been keeping tabs on throughout the course of the last couple of years, honestly. First up is Star Trek Discovery, the final season there, season five, is set for an April 4th premiere. It will be a 10 episode final season, and the first two of those 10 episodes will be what launches on April 4th. That's our follow-up for Star Trek Discovery. Landman is our next one. We talked about this one ever so briefly last week. The new Taylor Sheridan series that is not directly related to Yellowstone uh, is called Landman. They're shooting it right now in Texas, and it's just been announced that they have, in fact, brought in John Hamm to the cast. Uh, last week was Demi Moore, so I don't know who's got more pull, honestly, who's got a bigger name draw, Demi Moore or John Hamm. John Hamm, a little more relevant to modern cinema and video and TV and things, but Demi Moore is Demi freaking Moore, so like, I don't know, that's pretty cool. They got two huge names. And then a couple of pretty big names in the sidecast. Again, we talked about all that last week. Uh, so our last piece of follow-up news has to do with the new season of Chucky has just been given a release date, April 10th over on the USA Network. Uh, I do not believe this is the final season, though it does seem like it's starting to taper. So I wouldn't be surprised if they announce soon that season four, should it happen, will be the final season. So that's where we are with Chucky. Let's talk moving over from the follow-ups and corrections, and we now have trailers to discuss, and we're gonna go right back to some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, we have Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It is the animated series that is based on the most recent movie that just came out, the Joe Rogan, or the Seth Rogan, rather. Seth Rogan produced and kind of sort of written and also voice acted that that movie is getting a cartoon sequel ish and we've talked about this a number of times at this point we got our first trailer for it we have a release window which is a very vague window sometime this summer no specific date was given paramount plus is the streaming service and the trailer looks like fun it looks like it's definitely going to be geared towards kids, which makes sense. So I'm not really complaining, just admitting that it's probably not going to be in my direct wheelhouse, even though I'm a big Ninja Turtles fan. Uh, next up on the trailers list, we have a, a real quick before the season launches, Tomorrow, everything's coming out on the 20 freaking first. Bad Batch, the final season is about to launch. We did get a, a 
kind of a half of a scene for the final season of Bad Batch. This is going to be the last season that really has a lot of George Lucas's DNA in it. And it's kind of bittersweet. It, it'll be interesting to see how they can course correct without George Lucas's influence. And also, like, it really sucks that they no longer have any sort of George Lucas influence. So, yeah, go check out. It's, again, not really a trailer, just a bit of a scene. Still looks pretty good. The writing sounds like it's going to be really solid. Uh, our next trailer has to do with the second half of Invincible. What is it? Season two uh, yeah season two in the second half of invincible season two starting march 14th is it season three i don't remember the second half of whatever season we are currently in for invincible i'm brain farting and it's not in the notes i apologize uh the trailer though looks interesting like all right so let's let's take a step back real quick because I haven't read this comic book, so I don't know if it's intentional, but the big villain that they show us in this trailer has a whole lot of Venture Brothers vibes coming from him. I'm specifically thinking of the episode of Venture Brothers with the, I, I can't remember the name of the character, but the big alien with the single eye that, ignore me! That's kind of how this villain feels for the second half of this season of Invincible. I, I am not even kind of deluded into thinking that this giant i don't even remember what they called him in the trailer is going to be like the main villain of the second half of this i would be very surprised if he makes it much past a single episode it's just weird that he's kind of the focus of this and he's kind of a joke all at the same time so yeah march 14th is when that's going to be hitting back onto amazon prime we will get the other four episodes from this season uh next and final for trailers is Walking Dead The Ones Who Lived dropped a trailer on Valentine's Day February 25th so we are less than a week away from the launch of this next Walking Dead series of note here over on Shudder and I believe even on AMC if you have have cable the AMC channel and if you have streaming Shutter will be doing a Joe Bob premiere just much like they did for the Daryl Dixon show a couple months ago so that or a few months ago at this point so that's pretty freaking awesome go check it out Joe Bob is always a win Walking Dead about 95% of win that's what we got for TV streaming minus the suggestion this week TV suggestion this week I don't care what the detractors are saying I don't care what the original creator of the franchise or the series is saying the true detective night country that just finished over on hbo max or max i'm sorry is a hundred percent worth your watch like literally was so confused i don't know how the hell they were going to do everything that i thought they needed to do in the final episode in the span of roughly an hour and they came through and explained everything rather well i'm definitely impressed with the way they wrapped this season up so yeah Go check it out. That is your suggestion for the week. True Detective Night Country. And then that takes us over to the movies section. Superhero fatigue is 
Is that what you're going with? Uh, also, future Marvel casting finally confirmed and a little bit of Mortal Kombat to talk about in movies this week. So let's do that. First up, honestly, one that I don't know how I missed, but somehow I missed that Dune 2 got moved up. It was supposed to be coming out in April. It is now coming out March 1st. So in case you also missed that, there you go. Next, we have the trailers to talk about. We got Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 2 trailer. And I mean, yeah, absolutely go watch it because I think I think they might have learned their lesson from, what was it, the Batman Hush? <laughs> Oof. Was not a fan of what they did in Hush. Also, not much of a fan in the Killing Joke animated movie because, wow, the extra bits. So yeah, definitely it looks like they're going in a really great direction here. So check out the Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 2 trailer just dropped a couple days ago. And then the other trailer that we have in here is not a trailer. It's actually a short movie kind of. It is a 10 minute video over on the YouTubes that is, it's Mortal Kombat Kenshi versus Katana. Mortal Kombat 1 Kenshi versus Katana. Link in the description. Not a trailer. It's a short that is just worthy of your attention. It seems that the channel that's hosting this, Noah Fletter, I think the guy might be like, he looks just like freaking Kenshi. Uh, and that's the guy who whose channel it is, apparently. that's It's his channel, the guy who plays Kenshi in the short. Also, it's his YouTube channel. So, like, I feel like there's a strong possibility, I just don't remember it, but that he might be the actual face model for Kenshi that they used in-game. And he said, well, you know, I kind of do martial arts myself, so I'm going to start making Mortal Kombat shorts. This is actually not the first Mortal Kombat short where he's played Kenshi on his YouTube channel. This is just the most recent one, so go check it out. It's really freaking good. A whole lot of fan service. They use sound effects from the actual damn game. There's a moment where they're doing the face-off between Kenshi and Katana, like you do when you start every match of this game. A whole lot of really great payoffs. If you are a fan of the ga this game specifically, Mortal Kombat 1, or even the franchise in, at, at, at large, there's a lot in there for you regardless of which table you're sitting at. So yeah, that's what we got for trailers this week. Let's get into some regular-ass news, shall we? We're going to start the regular-ass news section a little differently. So it there's there is some news to be gleaned from that. So we'll get that those bits out of the way first. Madam Web, we're talking about superhero fatigue. So the big thing, because this is part of the conversation right now, is Madam Web. That is the reason that this has kind of been pushed back to the front, this idea of superhero fatigue. So let's just go through the numbers real quick. The six-day estimate for what Madam Web has made in theaters is roughly $20 million. Now, $20 million to everyday folks sounds like a whole hell of a lot of money. And yeah, it sure is. But when you consider that the estimated cost of making the movie, just the actual production itself, is somewhere between 80 and 100 million, then you start to go, they're, 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 they're not making their money back at all. They're losing money the hand and foot just hemorrhaging and hemorrhaging and hemorrhaging. And then you consider the fact that production budget times two, because they take whatever they spent to make the movie, and then they double that in order to promote the movie. And being as this one was already getting pretty poor news coverage before it got, before it got released, 
I'm sure they kind of probably increased that double it for the marketing a lot. <laughs> so uh, to be generous, this movie cost $200 million to get into theaters and in front of people. And they're only making back 20 million. That's 10%, 10% of the movie that they have recouped. That's not much at all. And all right, so that those are those are the raw those are the raw data the data points. And of course, when you consider those as the raw data points, it just looks like movie theater or uh, production companies just aren't making movies people want to see. But of course, the people behind those productions are going to never take responsibility for having done something wrong, dumb, and stupid. Uh, instead, they're going to shuffle off that blame and put it on to whoever they can. And in this situation right now, they're finding creative ways to blame the audience. And the way they're doing that is by coming up with this really dumb catchphrase called superhero fatigue. The idea behind superhero fatigue, while... Alright, so the idea behind superhero fatigue is that moviegoers, the average normie movie watcher, is over superheroes. It just does not want to watch superhero movies at all anymore whatsoever. So sure, I can understand that there is a bit of a saturation and everyone and their dog for a while was trying to make a superhero movie. I mean, you had Rain Wilson starring in a freaking superhero movie for crying out loud. So there is just a tinge of truth to that idea, but the superhero fatigue that follow that legitimately follows that definition and the superhero fatigue that we're seeing when it as it pertains to madam webb and morbius etc etc ant-man quantumania thor was it love and thunder all of these movies that have not done very well that superhero fatigue is not adequate adequately described as superhero fatigue it's bad movie fatigue. These are just not well-made movies. These are these are people who are being encouraged by the producer in charge to not read anything that uh, that would resemble source material so they don't have anything to quote unquote texture, color, whatever their their take on the character. They want an original take on the on these characters that is nowhere near the what the fandom wants. The fandom is enough to keep these movies afloat. The fandom is definitely enough. Honestly, we've kept a an, an entire industry afloat since when was the the Comics Authority was the 50s and 60s, right? So that long. <laughs> the the. The comic book industry exists because of the fans, and they're going through very similar growing pains right now, or growing pains, because they're trying to grow. That's why I say that. They're trying to grow. The reason that the specifically comic books are doing this, but that movies are also following suit, is because they're trying to expand their audience. They're trying to grow the, the kinds and numbers of people who come to see their movies. And in so doing, they're alienating the already massive fan base that exists for these properties. 
So no, superhero fatigue in this sense is not real. Is it smart of Marvel to take a step back and maybe slow down their production of these superhero movies? Sure, that's definitely a quantity over quality argument more than it is people just not enjoying superhero stories. Because again, the superheroes that we know and love today have all been around for Pushing on 60, I, I, be, I believe Batman just celebrated his 80th anniversary. So there's plenty of stories there to tell. You're just not telling any of the ones that are going to do well. You're not doing a variation on ones that have done incredibly well, which is kind of what you were supposed to have been doing from the beginning, right? Because when the the modern state of hollywood began the, the when 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 hollywood stopped making stopped taking chances what i was trying to find when hollywood stopped taking chances the idea was you're going to play it safe you're going to only do things that are a sure thing you're only only going to make movies that are that are a safe bet well you have plenty of source material to pull, to pull from that is absolutely a safe bet that is honestly if not for the medium that it was originally told would already be classics in whatever medium retells these stories if you can find a way to put it into a movie something like how oh, I'm, I'm the long halloween find a way to put into a movie the Arkham Asylum comic. If you can find a way to put into the movie the, the Dark Phoenix saga, the proper Dark Phoenix saga, then you're going to have a hit because these are the tent poles that the industry of comics, comic books was built on. Hundreds of thousands of books have been sold telling these stories. So there's no reason to not think that you would be able to maintain your industry by repurposing those stories in an appropriate way, not in a for a modern audience's way necessarily. That, that, there's a whole other argument about the whole modern audience's words that uh, the, the, why, why people redefine the, the meanings of words in order to make things sound good to the people who originally believed in them, but then mean something completely different from what the, actu what the words actually mean. So, different argument though. So yeah, comic book superhero fatigue is not, is not the issue. It is an issue. It is a minor issue, but it is an issue. It is just not the issue. Evidence to back this up is the X-Men animated series trailer is doing rather well in spite of some things that we're going to talk about in a different video. But the biggest example of this, Spider-Man and then the most recent Deadpool and Wolverine trailers, does the last Spider-Man movie trailer set all kinds of records for most views in 24 hours on YouTube, and then Wolverine and Deadpool broke it. And these movies have both happened within the last two years. So no, superhero fatigue is not the issue. It's bad movies. And the other thing, superhero fatigue isn't even appropriate in this situation because, and I'm going just from, because I haven't paid to watch this movie. I haven't even watched it through nefarious means. There are no superheroes in Madam Web. There's maybe an argument to be made that there is a quote unquote super villain kind of, but the, the, the titular Madam Web and all of the other female webhead characters don't have any super, superhero powers. 
maybe you could argue the kind of sort of seeing the future stuff that Madam Web has is a superpower, and it's like the genesis, the very baby beginning of a superpower. But the rest of them have no powers. This is a quote-unquote origin story where we don't actually get the origin of these characters. We just get to see them to be worthless. <laughs> so even that is a misnomer. You're not you're not using the right vocabulary. Let's let's get let's set the let's set set the rules and then we can have an appropriate discussion. But if you're not going to follow the rules of of the words that need to be used, if you're not going to follow the rules of being honest with yourselves and with your audience, then there's not a conversation to be had. So that's kind of where I'm at with the superhero fatigue thing and also where Madam Web is at a week after release. From there, let's talk about briefly and if you don't know this one already, you might be living under a rock, but just in case you haven't been paying attention or you honestly just get your news from me, in which case, thank you very much. Uh, but the Fantastic Four live action cast has been officially announced. Uh, they've released promotional material at this point. What was it? Valentine's Day. They released some promotional art. That's a whole other ball of wax as far as conspiracy theories go. We'll probably discuss that next week in the rumors section. But the the cast is as follows. We have Eben Moss uh, Backrack. I, I'm, I know I'm not saying his last name properly, but the the cousin from the, the bear. He's going to be playing Ben Grimm, which I am super stoked for, not gonna lie. Uh, Joseph Quinn is going to be playing Johnny Storm, if you will recognize him as Eddie Munson from Stranger Things. Vanessa Kirby has been in plenty of things at this point. If you don't know who she is, you haven't been watching movies for the last decade. Uh, she will be playing Sue Storm, and then Pedro Pascal needs no introduction. He has finally 100% been confirmed to be playing Reed Richards. That that is your cast for the Fantastic Four. I, I feel like they're starting to learn a lesson. They're starting to learn that, no, it's not because they're, you're making too many superhero movies. It's because you're making too many crappy movies. Pedro Pascal is a good actor. Say what you will about his personal life. He is a fantastic actor. So I am very, very confident in his Reed Richards, though he might be a little old considering the rest of the cast. But I think that might be slightly by design as well, but we'll see when it comes out. Uh, that is everything we have for the movie section this week, except for suggestion this week for movies is Akira. Akira, 1988 Japanese anime, probably the anime that got most people in my rough age, age range into anime. I'm I'm a huge fan. I've had the DVD for years and years and years and years. I've been recently digging into it and finding out that there are multiple versions, multiple interpretations of the movie, different subs and dubs and so on and so forth. So I'm really excited to get into that. And you should be too. If you want to just stream the most common version of the movie, Hulu or Crunchyroll are the two places that you can do that. Go check out Akira, Akira over on Hulu and Crunchyroll because it's amazing. And that leaves only the rumor mill. Maybe. It's classified. The Mandalorian game is real. Maybe. 
Uh, Metroid Prime, very Metroid Prime 4, very possibly happening this year, as well as 20 DLC characters for Mortal Kombat 1. Yeah, we're gonna get into that and a few more rumors, honestly. So we have no confirmations or refutations to get out of the way. Let's just jump into, we have no new sources for old rumors. So we're just kind of starting the season slate clean as far as that goes. So let's jump into new rumors, shall we? Uh, so first on the new rumors is a Spider-Man adjacent uh, property. S Silk the Spider Society is a series that we've been talking about is going to Amazon Prime. Uh, apparently, according to rumor, they have recently completely sacked the entire writer's room. Uh, the production staff is going to be sticking around. So production is Angela Kang, Phil Lord, and Christopher Miller. You'll recognize all of those names from very popular nerdy franchises. Angela Kang did Walking Dead. Phil Lord, where did it go? Yeah, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller both did the original Deadpool movie. So there's that. The, yeah, the new word is that since they have sacked all of this is is rumor so since they supposedly have sacked the entire writer's room the new word is that the new direction for the show is it's going to be more male skewing in its appearance it's going to be something that the male audience is going to be more inclined to watch weird it's like they might be learning a lesson. <laughs> All of this has happened within the last six days, according to the rumor, which is no surprise considering what we just talked about with Madam Web. So the likelihood here for the Silk Spider Society, I'm giving this one about a 65% because they might be learning a lesson. Like as, as much as it seems like they don't learn lessons and they just write things off, oh, people just don't like that property. I, I think there's enough evidence to the contrary where they're, they're starting to toy with the idea that maybe we should do what the fans want. So 65% likely, a couple of different outlets have been talking about this rumor, so that gives it a little bit more credence. Uh, our next piece of rumor has to do with Henry Cavill. This is a new rumor. It is not the same rumor, even though it is covering a similar ground that we've talked about previously. Henry Cavill is said to be signed on with Marvel for sure. Presumably putting to bed the speculation that he would be playing Doctor Doom in the Fantastic Four movie. Likely though, he is not going to be playing Captain Britain according to the rumor. Uh, this one, I mean, there's honestly a couple of different pieces. We could have given this a number of different scores as far as it goes, but I think the overall score, we're looking at about a 70% likelihood that Henry Cavill has signed on with Marvel. Uh, anything beyond that would probably just be speculation, so we'll get to that in just a minute, but Anything that up to that point, I think is fairly accurate, about a 70% likelihood that Henry Cavill has signed with Marvel to some degree. And then let's get into some gaming rumors real quick. First up on that side of the rumor mill is Metroid Prime 4, presumably is going to be released, if you wanna believe the rumors, is going to be released this year. Again, not the first time we've heard a rumor like this. Uh, this is coming from new sources. And I still don't know if there's enough on either side, because if you want to believe that, there are other rumors that we might be getting into next week that kind of play a little bit more into the future of Nintendo that might make this slightly more likely, but I think only so slightly. Uh, so we're going about 50% likely that we will be seeing Metroid Prime 4 this year. Our next gaming rumor has to do with The Mandalorian, the game. If you remember, uh, it was a little over a year ago, we had 
The Mandalorian was a third-person shooter game that leaked out. Well, that was fake. <laughs> this is a different situation entirely. This is a, supposedly, if you want to believe this rumor, this is a first-person shooter that is going to be developed, is actually in the middle of development from Respawn Entertainment. If you don't know why you know that name, it's because they're the ones that are responsible for the Apex Legends game as well as titanfall so yeah respawn is said to be working on fps and the rumor does go on to say that they are working on it but it will be at least two years before we get a release date for this so that kind of lends a little bit of credence to this rumor and also the fact that it's been picked up by a number of different rumor mongers at this point but 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 we have been burned by this in the past so we can't get a too excited. We can't go too high. We're gonna say 65% here as well because that's a very cautious number at this point. Uh, so from there, let's talk about the Mortal Kombat 1 leaks, shall we? Oh boy, okay. So we'll just, we'll, we'll go through the raw data. So the raw data says, first and foremost, we have 20 DLC characters coming to the game, not including Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung would be 21 on the DLC side, which would effectively double, just about, double the roster for Mortal Kombat 1. And then we'll get into the breakdown of exactly what that is. The other thing is that there is a tag tournament, tag mode rather, for Mortal Kombat 1, where you wouldn't have cameos, you would have two fully playable characters, and you'd use the cameo button to switch between the two fully playable characters. So that one, there's a little bit more credence to that. Uh, and then the third piece of this Mortal Kombat rumor is a cameo versus mode, which is kind of anyone's guess as to what exactly that is. So let's go in order. A little bit more detail as far as the as far as the 20 DLC characters is concerned. This is not cameo characters. This is deep, fully playable DLC characters is what the leak, quote unquote, says. So the way it was broken down in the leak is Combat Pack 1, which we are already in the middle of, will be six DLC characters. Uh, Combat Pack 2 will be another six DLC characters, broken up similarly to Combat Pack 1, where we have three Mortal Kombat characters and then three guest characters. And then from there, we will have three story DLC characters, much like we did with Mortal Kombat 11 and Aftermath. And then the, the remaining five characters, there was no allotment as to exactly how we were going to get them, but we are supposedly going to be getting them. So, presumably, the other five story, the other five characters are going to be in an additional story mode download, which... Okay, I can see the speculation there. We're gonna get to speculation in a second. Let's give percentages for these rumors. For it, It's effectively all the same quote unquote leak, but it's three very different elements, right? So 20 characters for DLC, I don't think there's a very strong likelihood for this. I'm gonna say 30% likely that we get 20 DLC characters. If you'll remember from Mortal Kombat 1, there were many other DLC character slots that remained empty. They just had them in the code just in case it would seem, or or as a filler of some sort. So that that's the big thing for me that's saying, that seems like a big number. I don't think that that would be accurate. And especially if you 
take a look at the, I mean, it's fully possible for them to rearrange the character select screen, but like, would they? So yeah, as, as far as that goes, no. As far as tag mode goes, this one is very, very likely because it's already effectively in the game. Now, it wouldn't be the first time that a mode for a Mortal Kombat game was left in the code or, you know, was, was a filler place for something else or something along those lines. But with the most recent update to the game, we have new additions to the tag mode. Now, the way we know that tag mode exists is because apparently Mortal Kombat 1 is super easy to mod and super easy to data mine. So between those two things, it, if you play on Steam, you can unlock tag mode right now and play tag mode sans cameos and two fully playable characters from the existing roster. So yeah, tag mode is kind of all but already in the game. It's just a matter of them polishing it to where they want it and then officially releasing it. So we're going to say 80% for tag mode. And then, and then we have cameo versus mode. What the hell does that mean? I, this is very likely a placeholder for something else. This is the one that seems a little too outlandish because are you going to just play as cameo characters? However, would that even work? Are you going to have a, a you're going to select a character from the main roster who is completely disabled. You can only use your cameo buttons, the up, it would be the four directions or just the neutral button press in most cases. I mean, every cameo is a little bit different, but so yeah, 20% likely that that is the actual thing that is going to be. And it's much, much, much more likely that there is going to be something else that comes in its place. So that's our Mortal Kombat rumors. Let's get next. We have a Beatles rumor. This movie rumor, technically speaking. Beatles. It has been rumored that there is going to be a biopic. Actually, no, not just a biopic for the Beatles, but four biopics, one for each member of the band, and all of those movies are going to be intertwined with one another. Uh, that seems like a great thing, but this is from a very new source, that, and it just seems a little ambitious for Hollywood right now, so I'm going to say about 50% likely. There's plenty on either side to say it could go either way. And then our, the one that I think I really want to happen possibly the most, I don't know, the Mortal Kombat one would be great if the, at least the first two rumors were true. But uh, uh, Spider-Man Noir is the rumor. Spider-Man Noir, we do know it's happening. Like, that's not the news. The news is that Nicolas Cage is actively, actually in talks. Where it's not news, it's the rumor. To play the lead for the live-action series. It's going to be a series, I believe, also over on Amazon Prime. I'm going to say 50% on this one, because again, we know it's happening. But Nicolas Cage playing the no Spider-Man Noir, I know he did the voice in, in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, but like it's very different voicing a character and then physically becoming the character. Uh, if it's a limited series, I think that's plenty of reason to suspect, yes, that's possible, but we don't know anything about the series at this point. So 50% likely that we're going to be seeing Nicolas Cage as Spider-Man Noir. All right, so we got a couple of things we kind of left open for speculation. So this is new in, into season five. We're going to talk about my speculation on some of the first up is Mortal Kombat 1. My speculation for those rumors, like I, I kind of kind of sort of talked about this, I mentioned it at least the five extra characters. Should that number be accurate, that 20 number, five extra characters could imply that we're going to be getting multiple story DLCs, theoretically 
two beyond the one that's kind of all but confirmed at this point. So the one is going to bring with it three new characters, and then the second story DLC would, under this speculation, would then also bring three new story characters, and then a third story DLC, which would presumably be a little bit shorter, uh, would bring with it two more DLC characters, which would kind of round out that nice round 20 number. Again, this is not the first time that we have seen X number of DLC character slots in the code, and then they just don't get filled. If you remember, the speculation for Mortal Kombat 11 was that they were going to make that character select screen a proper rectangle, and it never happened. It's still got that weird, like, whatever layout it has so yeah that's very speculative I, I just i don't i don't see it see 20 being the number though i i feel like that's still a little bit large and also where are the cameos if we're getting 20 playable characters would we then not also get somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 20 dlc cameos as well it just seems to stand a reason but the rumor doesn't say anything about that so I don't think that it's a one for one. And then our other piece of speculation for Henry Cavill. Uh, Henry Cavill in the MCU, will he be the new Wolverine? I think because the leaker does say that it is not likely he will be playing Captain Britain and also not super likely he's going to be Doctor Doom. I mean, he could be. That's still possible. I don't I don't fully know why the leaker said that it it's putting to bed speculation that he would be playing Doctor Doom because Fantastic Four is still Marvel, right? So why wouldn't he be like that doesn't make sense. So yeah, I I think I think it would be interesting to see him as Doctor Doom. And that would also mean very potentially that they're not going to be killing off Doctor Doom, so yay. But I, th I think the more curveball idea would be to cast him as the new Wolverine because he's already a well-liked superhero figure in the Hollywood sphere. And he, Wolverine is one of the most well-liked superheroes in existence. So kind of stands to reason one for one there, right? Captain Britain's slightly too obscure. Not that he's like unknown to non-comic readers, but not exactly well-known, we'll say that. And that, nerds, is all of our regular stuff. So the change here, if you hadn't already gathered, is putting the housekeeping section housekeeping all the way at the end of the episode. So things that are happening behind the scenes. Let me apologize 100% for whatever the hell happened last week. Thank you very much. Again, big shout outs to Chris Ortiz out there in the nerd community for alerting me while we were in the middle of last week's stream that the audio was messed up. I f assumed at the time that it was going that it was a YouTube issue because it wouldn't be the first time I've had a similar issue with YouTube. And then I just take the version that I've recorded on my local machine do some minor edits to it and then just upload that while making the live video deleting or making it private or whatever. Uh, so I, yeah, I honestly don't even know where the bug came from because all of the sudden, when, once I closed OBS, it just, my computer started working fine. And yeah, so there was something weird going on at the front end of that episode. And it, Deus, uh, what is it? Ghost in the Machine, I can't remember the Latin for it. Deus Ex Machina is a whole different thing. And then behind the scenes are on the channel, whatever, the, the housekeeping, that's what I was looking for. 
housekeeping as well. We will see the return of the shout out show as well as that just happened. Shout out show is probably going to be a little bit big this week but it's it's you know, it's going to be a little bit of a bear too honestly but the the that just happened is going to be a little small just because most of the things we kind of talked about on the live shows during the down season and since then i've been working on this so not a lot has happened oh there was something else for housekeeping that i don't have written down because i don't ever take housekeeping notes uh interviews are are still potential i almost got almost Almost got an interview with Slard Tube Avail, but that fell through real quick. And there are a couple other bands coming through that I might set my sights on as far as getting interviews for the channel. There is actually a big kind of religious music person that I have access to uh, that I might do an interview with, because I think that would be interesting. And it would also be a very cool introduction to the new way I want to do the Sitting Down With series. So yeah, we'll be definitely checking into options for the interview series, the sitting down with stuff. So keep your eyes posted to the channel. Thank you very much, nerds, for joining. If you haven't already subscribed, if you're all the way here at the end of the video, you might as well subscribe because YouTube's already gonna be suggesting my videos to you every week anyway, because you watched, this is what, an hour plus long video, so. Thank you very much, nerds. We'll see you in the next one. Before we go, always, always remember that if it's generally nerdy, it's probably here.